Welcome to the Bible Department Podcast, your place for discovering the wisdom within the pages of the Bible. Each episode deep dives deep into three essential questions. After some time, we're returning to the heart of our mission, exploring the core of the Bible's teaching. Join us in this enriching journey of faith and self-discovery. It's time to check in with the Bible Department. kind of a weak intro but that's okay why why do you say that because i was fumbling and I, was, I, didn't, I didn't have my notes up of what to read one day i'm just gonna record that and then i can just hit play and then i don't have to worry about it that makes sense it make my job much easier but hey we're matt and Kristen with so cincy glad to have you on this wonderful saturday night we were gonna do a friday night and then i decided to go to bed because i was tired we had yeah. a long day we were exhausted yeah we went to a, a christmas event at here in Cincinnati, and it was absolutely fantastic. Amazing. It was very cool. Very cool. But, um, yeah, we'll we'll probably talk a little bit about it, because I had some thoughts about it in terms of, um, like, how we do, like, how Christians can do events regardless of the budget. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk about some other things tonight. So... Uh, we're gonna we're at, we'll have a, more of a loaded episode, but it'll be cool because we can do whatever we want. <laughs> so yeah, so um, I do want to talk about. So we went to this thing. Let's talk about Prasco first. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying that correct. I think so. But um, so Prasco is a local company. They're a pharmaceutical company that I learned. I did not because I had no idea what they were. Mm-hmm. And and so the the individuals that invited us were like like oh yeah if you're if you want to go like you should go we'll get we'll get you a ticket so we got us I got us a ticket well they got me the ticket and we registered and we went and it was this big Christmas event apparently this is this huge thing since I had no clue um, but every there were there were maybe six or seven Christmas themed. Like this, how, how would you like describe like sessions or yeah, like rooms? Yeah, it was rooms. like a you go through from room to room, and there's like a new thing to discover. Yeah, yeah. And so, so each room on its like could have stood on its own, mm-hmm. like could have been its own event, but all of them, all of them together were excellent. I mean, this was like the their front office was basically turned like you walk in, their front office is basically turned into to uh, Santa's like mail room mm-hmm. where I thought it, <laughs> at first I was like, I was like, cause, cause they have like this baseball field. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is like a local baseball team. They're not, they're, they're workers there, but they were dressed in like the traditional, like mailman garb. Yeah. It was really special. Like, yeah. I think what we're getting to, it's that like everything was done in excellence Mm-hmm. Like I don't know where you get a traditional like old school mailman vibe from, but <laughs> they pulled it off. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah. So one of the things I think that regardless of the budget of if you're doing like a a, a church Christmas pageant or just any event that you put on as an as an outreach to a church, two things that came up. The first thing was. Not so much about the, the excellence was the byproduct. 
the joy in the service, like the people that I talked to who were willing to serve in any way, in any shape and form, like, like they took on this, this hospitable heart that just pour, like oozed out of their pores. Mm-hmm. And they so, literally were like little Santa's elves, worker bees, and they had like so much joy. And like, that was my big thing. Yeah. 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 And so there, there was, there was a whole display of, uh, what are they called? Snow globes. And so the the woman like made the joke. She's like, Oh yeah, I brought these from, from my house in the North pole and yada yada. And so I was looking at the, at the snow globes because I'm just fascinated with snow globes. I think they're just so beautiful. And, and I'm like, I'm like, can we, can we shake the snow globe? (laughs) (laughs) And the girl was like, no, you can't shake it, but you can touch it, which I thought was weird. That is weird. Like, like, why would you want to touch a snow globe? Like, but anyways, but so I, so I found a loophole. I was like, well, can you shake it? And she was like, she was like, yeah, sure. What can we do? Like, which one do you want to do? I was I wanted to be like, let's do all of them. (laughs) <laughs> but I was like, we'll just do. That's a very like buddy yeah. from Elf. Let's do all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, so she she picked up the one, she shook it, and it was very it was very very nice. And so, and so you just go through, and the Santa thing. I mean, they they thought of everything, and I think that's that's number two. Like, if you're going if you're going to do this, and this is not a this is not a me thing. Like I, this isn't my brain. This is other people's brains. But if you're going to like have a run through of your event as the person coming through, and it'll and it'll probably help you think of anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that stuck out about this event was when it was time for us to take our kids to do photos with Santa. Which praise the Lord. They gave you a free photo with Santa because yeah. <laughs> we went to another place that will not be named. It was not a church thing. It was it was just a, a regular local business. They were trying to charge us forty dollars for a picture with Santa Claus. I was like, nah. The most basic package, forty dollars. Yeah, basic and, and the highest one was sixty. But anyways, but when we went in for the photos with Santa, and we're we're gonna do a video, we'll do it next week. Should Christians celebrate Christmas? Since we did Halloween, and we had a friend Hannah reach to say, like, you guys should do how, uh, Christmas as well. But anyways, what they had was they had uh, m- like mail mail room buckets on wheels that they took all your jackets and put them in there, and then they had like a person on each family. So then when you went through the thing, you got done with your with your uh, photo. You had your jacket. So then you're not then either A, in the photo with the jacket on, or B, placing your jackets and then people rummaging through, stealing stuff. So kudos to them. (laughs) Kudos to them. Just, I think those two things are it. So the, the heart of serving, which is what it's about. Which I also saw, I read a book. Where they said, like, if you're a church, you should never use the word volunteer mm-hmm. because you're not you're not like you're in church. You're serving. I can see that. And so, they're like, like we don't volunteer, we serve. It comes with a different feel. Yeah. And so, if you're so if you're serving, like, like just the the joy that just kind of seep through, and then do the run through. Those are my two thoughts. Yeah. But it was excellent. 
Yeah, and also we should mention it was Christian based, but we didn't know that until we got inside. And once we realized it, it all made sense because the process behind what they were doing is to share the love of Christ. And so like the servanthood, the excellence, it all led to, you yeah. know, sharing the love of Christ, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's on their thing, like love God, love people. Cause I thought at first I thought, okay, is this like, what is, this is a church. I yes. thought this was just a really big church with a, with a giant baseball field. <laughs> That would be awesome. I'm like, I'm like, well, there's a church in Dallas that has a baseball field. Oh, really? That one church that you had graduation at from DTS. No clue. They got a baseball. Anyways, but yeah, but no, they're they're a pharmaceutical company, and they are like extremely Christ focused. Mm-hmm. Like you go on the website, you say you see about us, our culture, and the first thing that pops up is like scripture, and it's like we exist to to serve Jesus and make Him known among wherever we're at that's amazing which is you just don't you just don't hear about that yeah from from i made a joke with my dad who retired from pharmaceutical which i love we can't hear you whatsoever you're not even in the mic my mic keeps slipping (laughs) no don't get up this is weird (laughs) um but i made a joke with my dad who um he retired out of pharmaceutical company so obviously I'm blessed by pharmaceuticals because they help to fund our entire life. But your feelers that got stolen. Oh yeah. But anyway, I did Can make I a that? no. I did make a joke with my dad about big pharma and like <laughs> Christianity. He didn't like it. <laughs> I had to throw it in there though. But yeah, so I don't know. The moral of the story to me was to go the extra mile when you're serving people and they'll feel it like you didn't walk away feeling like someone hit you over the head with the Bible, but you had, you knew it was Christ focus and the joy and the excellence was a testimony to who God is. Yeah. And then, and then they did, they did the, the Christ story of going to Bethlehem, paying your tax. That was so cute. <laughs> Which kudos to that boy who was the tax collector. Yes, there He's was like, a tax collector. He was like an 11-year-old boy dressed in full, you know, garb. And he was adorable. And he's like, yeah, I think there's a couple down the road that had to spend a night at an inn. And I'm like, who is this he's kid? Like, he's like, he's like, but, he's like, but I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough time <laughs> season here in Bethlehem. <laughs> So they might have a hard time getting in. He's so cute. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but no, he was he was good too. And then oh, that was the other thing. Just exuberance. I don't know if that's a word, but at the end you got um just fistfuls of candy. Of course, the if give our kids like say, Hey, it's all it's all free. Yeah. You just like go and just grab all the candy. And fudge. I just knew that you would have to pay for the fudge because I was like there's no way the fudge is free. There's yeah. no way. And fudge. I was like, fudge galore. Fudge is free too. The brownie free, was fantastic. Free fudge. Yep. And the bathrooms. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what you it was it wasn't like your typical it wasn't like a uh porta potty. It was like the the transported one in the, the trailer. The El Presidente. Like I like I opened the door, I'm like I'm like, Oh, this is like this is like fancy actual can I fix your mic, please? You're like all bent over. No, man, because if you get up, it's going to be weird. Yeah. Just, Wait, I know how to do nope, this. Nope, not that one. See that thing right there? 
Yep. Pull yeah. You. Pull it towards me. Yep. That tightens it. Look at me working things. There you go. I'm Perfect. so proud of myself. Ooh. Okay. Go ahead. We need to move on. Okay. Anyways. So let's go on to the next thing. Um, <laughs> the next thing. So uh, this came across my TikTok feed and I want to talk about it because I'm going through a mood and I've been noticing like this. Okay. Anyways, I'm not going to go into it, but um, there's a there was a guy that came across my TikTok feed. His name is on TikTok. I think like CB writes backstory or CB writes copy. And so he posted this on, on TikTok. Now we can play the whole thing through or we can stop and talk about it. What do you want? Just play the whole thing through, then talk about it. Yeah. Why not? All right, here it is. So this is CB writes copy. He's talking about a third place. And so when, when we, when he talks about a third place, I had to do a deep dive. Cause I'm like, what the heck is third place? I hate that we rename things. Basically, like basically a third place is is home is one place, work is second place, and then he talks about third place. So there you go. Our generation is so depressed because we don't have a third place. In our parents' generation and almost every generation before that, there were three places. Work, home, and social gatherings. If you had a shitty day at work, you could look forward to going to the pub Oops. after work with your friends. Beep. Or if you get into an argument with your wife, you could go to the golf course and hang out with your buddies. Or if you're feeling lonely on a random Tuesday, you can look forward to your darts or pool league after work. Every single generation before ours had this third place of gathering besides us. The sense of community and belongingness that people used to have at this third place, like it or not, made it a lot harder to be depressed. Nowadays, most people do not have three places. They have two and sometimes even one. Either work and home or sometimes just home because people work from home. That sense of community, the sense of belongingness, the social gatherings that people used to rely on on a daily basis are completely gone from our generation. I don't know about you, but if I'm by myself for too long, anxiety, depression all kick in and I need to go out and see people and hang out with friends and be social. This lack of a social setting is a major reason why I think depression is way higher today. And we need to bring back social gatherings, bring back the local pub, bring back the darts leagues, bring back pool, bring back the golf leagues. Go out outside of your work, outside of your house and do something on a daily basis or a weekly basis that makes you feel part of something and gives you a sense of community. Our generation is so depressed because we don't have a third place. Oh, Our wait, parents' generation and almost Okay, there we go. So, CB Rights Copy says, we're depressed because we don't have a third, a third place. And he said, generations before. I'm going to assume that he's mid-Gen Z, maybe young millennial. I'd pick young millennial. Young millennial? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what are your thoughts when you hear this guy talk about the lack of third place? I think it reminds me of Cheers, you know, the place where everyone knows your name. And it's like, here's like, you know, Norm. If you watch Cheers, like he's a bit of a schmo and he just plops himself down on the bar stool. But people know him. And like, you know, the male, the what was was the mailman, Norm? I the mailman. The other guy. Episode of Cheers, so. Seriously? Nope. Oh, my gosh. The other guy, the male. It's so they like he's just not a very interesting guy like his whole shtick was he would drone on and on about these stories and like but he still came and felt a sense of community and like people put up with him even though his stories were obnoxious so i don't know i kind of i can understand that not saying that we need to all go and find a bar 
to be at, but we're exceedingly more and more detached from just going and being with people. Um, somebody I talked to recently started like a supper club, which I was like, what is that? Well, I mean, I know the word, but I'm like, literally like, what is a supper club? I don't know. But they, what they, they just rotate houses to have dinner at their friends' houses and they make it the supper club. What? This <laughs> People can name stuff whatever they want, babe. I I know this 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 just I just it's it's so millennial. Yeah, I mean a supper club but. back in the day used to be like an actual like club with like a full bandstand and they would yeah. serve dinner, but now you know I kind of like giving it a fancy name because it's not oh I'm getting uh, dinner at Jan's house tonight. It's like <laughs> I'm going to the supper club, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. So, it's it's interesting because and and, and it's going to be anecdotal, but what happens I I think is the the bigger you go, the harder it's going to be to find this third place. What do you mean the bigger you go? So so you go so where if you go to a place that has a lot of people like a large population. It's it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be harder to find that community, even though you are more connected, or you're, there's there's more opportunities. Mm-hmm. The way to get connected shrinks. Like in Elwood City versus Dallas, exactly. Which is like the difference of like thousands upon thousands of residents. Try millions. Really, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. Dallas is in the millions of population compared to Elwood City. Yeah, like maybe fifteen thousand. I, I have no clue. That, but anyway, but that's but that's my exact point. Like so, in my con- like in my context and my uh, upbringing, like my dad was, and I don't know if I'm insulting him, but my dad was Norma Cheers, mm-hmm. and he would go to the SOIs the the hunky the saxon the you name it mm-hmm. and he would sit down and he would have his group of friends yeah and they would be there and mom would go and, do bingo and mom would go bi- do bingo which is so cute so it's funny when he says like bring back darts and bring back pool and bring back golf yeah. and ball like those things still exist they never went away it's just you looking at your background you, it looks like you're living in a major city. That guy. Yeah, this guy. And so, in these smaller communities, you're gonna you're, those things still are gonna exist. Yeah. And it's going, but finding for, them is harder. Yeah. And so, for him, for this guy and people like him, it's gonna be really hard to find community in these in these. Not to say it's not impossible, but like going from from our church that we were in in Dallas, uh-huh. like it was very hard for me to find community. And that was a mass, and that was a very, very large church. Yeah. And there's there's large churches here where it's very like it's easy to just sit back and kind of let church happen and things like that, and just let the things happen. Let people like it's very easy to just kind of sneak in, mm-hmm. be hidden among the crowd, not say say maybe maybe say hi to your the person sitting next to you, and then dip out and leave. Get your get your feeding and leave. Yeah, that's true. And so, and then what happens is, like, when you do get into these communities, like, they're going to call you on your stuff, and they're going to encourage you, 
And when they and when they call you on your stuff, it's gonna it's gonna suck. <laughs> but it's good because they know you. And that's I think that's his biggest biggest gripe is he's not being he's not known. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And so there is a there is a then a desire or should be for church because church was the third the third place for a lot of people and and you like you think about it like when you get involved in a church where you're actively serving your third place is who you're serving with or or in what capacity yeah and so i'm thankful of my third places because i had not only did I have friends who were also in the youth group when I was like a student, mm-hmm. but then when I was serving as an adult volunteer, I had that group of like I had that group of people yeah. that I could rely on. And I can so see that. and so to this day, I'm still thankful for all these people and stuff like that that were in my life and just that really, really important. So So a uh, quick caveat. Yeah. I was really distracted and looked up Elwood City PA's um, <laughs> um population Wait, let me let me take a let me take an actual guess i'm gonna say yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say like i'm gonna say seventeen thousand for population nah man seven thousand five hundred that's small yeah okay well, and it's on a downward trend <laughs> according but to but hey elwood city's elwood city's popping man and what happens in the community when when stuff goes when stuff happens? Yeah, the community gathers. And they do. Like, we gonna let that happen. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, it reminds me of um, there was an article that this group of people came together in New York City, and they were like, "Hey, why do Christians get to have all the community and fun on Sundays?" So they created a gathering. And they would bring. Did you remember I, mean, I talked I to you about you that? Me about this, yeah. And they would bring in a motivational speaker, and they would sing How motivational songs. Yeah, well, they would often <laughs> sing um, a lot of Beatles music. Well, that's, well, the that's the joke from Black-ish. yeah from Blackish. Yeah, and so it was just really interesting that people who um, actively were not pursuing Christ were like hey, we need a third space like this. And they were talking about how much vitality it brought them and just, you know, we're created to live in community. Mm-hmm. Now, ca- quick caveat, I want to say that... A caveat on top of a caveat. Yeah, okay. that gathering broke down because there was a fight between, like, the truly, those who believed they were truly atheists and those who were <laughs> agnostic. Like, they still couldn't get it together. Right. So they're singing, all we need is love. And, but then can't love. They can't. Love. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It's what, but it's but the but it's the the sentiment behind it is is just so true that you like you need this community thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's just I don't know. I I feel for the guy. I feel for a lot of people who like struggle and and don't have that sense of community and and the the uncomfortable truth of it is is that and i'm just making these numbers up so so don't uh i don't know what the word is i'm looking for but 98 percent of the time you're gonna have if you want community if you're unwilling to go to a church you're gonna have to go create the community or if your church isn't doing the community that you need you're gonna have to create it yeah 
and the other the other two percent of the time is you get lucky and there's already something established mm-hmm. and that's and that's the um i know that's a challenge especially for our age because it happened for our church um when we first i think when we first moved up that there was stuff for the older like older members there's stuff for the kids but for the the millennial and older gen z that 18 to what like 18 to 40 in our church like there wasn't there wasn't really anything like specifically yeah targeted for us where we could gather and so but we had when those couple events that we those couple things we did they were fun like we yeah. got together and played charades but in all honesty though sometimes community doesn't have to be that structured like yeah. we sit and talk after church like we catch up with whose family's doing what there's a lot of young families at our church so you know that is how we get some of that third place community you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah but you have to you have to be you have to be um was what I was saying. You have to be intentional with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to my guy, uh, Brandon Woodard. We were we got together and we were talking. And he was like, yeah, he was like, he's like, he's like, he apologized to me. He was like, man, I'm I'm sorry. I'm like, for what? He's like, he's like, well, I was you know down in the dumps and thinking I don't have any friends here. And my wife Kristen, his his wife Kristen, was like, we have lots of friends. And, he, and she just like rattled off a bunch of. Friends. He's like, he's like, you're right. So he like he called me. Yeah, and, or, or text me. He's like, "Hey, we need to catch up. Let's get beers." Like, that's okay. what's up. I love so, that. Shout out to him. You gotta be intentional. That's the hard thing. Okay, that's all. That's all I want to say. But just you know, you gotta be intentional, man, because it gets it gets lonely. It's hard out here in these streets. Yep. You go, you go, you go straight after college. You're you're in community, community, community. You're out. You're on your own. It's like, yikes. It's tough. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the Bible. <laughs> Oh my We're gonna gosh. do. I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna have the, I have the edits there, and so that's all. All right, we're gonna be in Genesis three. Thirteen through no fourteen through twenty four. And so, uh, we're gonna be reading. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Kristen will be reading from something different, maybe <laughs> NASB. But we'll be talking about our three questions. Let's go ahead and get into it. So, okay, fourteen. Then the Lord God said to the serpent. Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, graveling in the groveling in the dust as long as you live. And that will cause hostility hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule he will rule over you. And to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending him out, 
Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. And that is Genesis 3, 14 through 24. So our first question, if we can find it, here we go. What does this say about God, Jesus, and his plan? Question number one. What does it say about God, about Jesus, and his plan? Hmm. My first inclination is that um, there's consequences for actions in God's kingdom, you know? Yep. Like he said, don't do this. They did it. And boom. Consequences. So... I think that's the big thing for me. What about you? Um, down in down in verse eighteen, mm-hmm. he's like, "What I what I'm seeing here is like it's making it harder." Let me pull it out real quick. Both thorns and thistles it yep. shall grow for you, and you will eat. The plants of the field, but by the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even though they didn't listen and they had these things, like, it's still possible to survive, but you're going to work yeah, for it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Because the NLT says, though, you will eat of its grains. What is What are your translation you're reading? Yeah, it says, by the sweat of your face, you will eat okay. bread. That's the NASB. Interesting. They're the same one. So I saw, yeah. So I saw that. That was that was what stuck out to me. Like even though, even though they jacked up, like mm-hmm. yeah, still, you're still gonna get some. But, but also, like notice though that you know when they realized that they were naked, it says. Let me see where that is. It says that Jesus. I mean that uh, God made um, clothes for them. Where is that, babe? Nah, I think you're out of. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, man. Verse ten. Is that I heard you? 10? I heard you walk in the garden, so I hid because I was afraid because I was naked. Uh, we, ain't, we ain't in verse ten. My bad. My bad. My Here's bad, what my we're bad. doing. All right. <laughs> if you didn't know how this is how this is working, okay. so this is based off of the Discovery Bible Study. In a Discovery Bible Study. You cannot go outside of what the scripture does. And so what it does by, by doing that, it puts everybody on a, a, an even playing field. So, so a lot of times what happens in Bible study is that one person will often talk and talk and talk because they, they know a lot and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then if, if someone doesn't know, what's going on or, or doesn't know the Bible that well, like they, they shrink back and they may not participate. So that's the hard, that's the hard rule we set. And you know how we do babe, it says right here in verse 21, uh, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So it just mentioned okay, it again. Okay. I was like, I'm almost certain <laughs> that I read that, but yeah, I think, on the same lines of what you were saying about what this says about God yeah. is that although it makes it harder, it's not impossible for man to survive and thrive. Right. But then also he goes a step over and gives them the provision 
of clothes, you know, yeah. which is like super caring and merciful of him to do. Yeah, man. He's like, because you, you, because you're naked, I'll cover you. Here you go. Yeah. Here's some Bashanshi Javanshi. Well, we were talking about what would God's loincloths look like that he made. Like they would be like they'd be really Sh- cool. They'd be Javanshi Vanshi. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? Isn't that how you say it? It's just Givenchy. Oh, is that how you say it? Yeah. Givenchy. <laughs> I thought it was Givenchy oh, Vanshi. I don't think so. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm almost I can't certain. Afford, if I can't, if I can't pronounce it, I can't afford it. Exactly. Like Balenciaga. <laughs> like that one. That's hilarious. All right. Question two. Um. What is question two? Oh, what does it say about humans? I'm gonna I'm actually gonna change that question. It's still the same question, mm-hmm. but in the notes that I have, um, it says what insights does this offer about humanity? I like that que- I like the the phrasing of that better. What insights? Yeah, what insights does this offer about humanity? Well, I the first thing, because this came up in on my job, um, Someone was asking about that part about ruling over your husband, that your husband rule over you. Interesting. And the question was, like, why does God allow, you know, this idea of ruling that, you know, precip- precipitates through the church? And I know I'm I know I'm stepping out just nope. a little bit, babe. Nope. Nope. Babe, Not you said you would give me some wiggle room. Uh-uh. You said you would. Figure, figure out how to figure it out. Okay. Well, what I do know is that um, the curse that, that's given to Eve isn't saying necessarily that the man and woman are going to be at odds with each other, but that it says that yet your desire will be for your husband. And that's the idea that's there is like the desire to rule over him. So there's like an where they were at peace before, now their roles are at friction where are in friction. Ooh. So like their okay. so like their roles hasn't haven't changed. Um like you know, man was still made first and given headship. But the friction is now what is what the problem is. So her idea is that she'll desire be for her husband. That it's the it's talking about desire to like control and rule. And then it says, and he will rule over you. So it's not that the scripture is saying like the man ha- rules his wife with an iron fist. It's highlighting the friction, the tear that happened in the harm harmony between husband and wife. Mm. You know, so the roles are the same. It's the harmony that's not the same. So it's like, yeah, that's to me what that says about mankind in our sinfulness is that we lean towards disharmony like sin creates disharmony yeah in mankind i like that that's good that's good uh what did i what did i pick up on um i think it was down no it was I don't got anything. I don't got anything. What does it say about man? Yeah, uh, about wait. Man. What was the I mean, I think, way was what was the way you, it was worded again? What insights? What insights does this? Um, what insights does this offer about humanity? And I think 
Like, <laughs> I I want to say this, but it's, it's gonna come off bad. It's gonna, okay. So I, I so <laughs> <laughs> when let's just let's just let me just say let me just say let me say it this way. In verse seventeen, to the man he said, "Since you listened to your wife," and so. I'm going to try my best to say this. I say this all loving (laughs) (laughs) as I sit here talking about this with my wife. Uh, There are some things in life that as husbands, you cannot sink back on. Like you have to stick up with it. And I'll put put myself out there by agitating Lily. Was that yesterday? You mean all the time? (laughs) But specifically... (laughs) My bad. That wasn't. Ooh, see that's the friction, sh- harmony. Sh- My that's bad. Sh- that's a shot, babe. Sorry. I'm so sorry. You owe me, you owe me a foot rub per okay. agreement. No, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not the thing. Uh, but no, but um, there are there like like there are there are times where like I I need to step up and I just I keep going with it. So for Lily, I was like, like, yeah, we're gonna shave your head. And she's like, no. Well, yeah, we're gonna shave your head. And I just kept agitating her. And so that was just the 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 thing. And so for husbands, um being more being more mindful into uh our our children and family being more um what's the word I'm looking for? Being more active. Mm-hmm. So when I when I think of this, it's like you're you're not listening to the the command that you were given to to rule and have this harmony. Yeah. And so by not by again not standing at your post would you say disharm disharmony? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that comes in. It it makes me think about like um we know that it Adam listened to his wife and ate and so it was bec- it was because of that his ultimate um disunity with Christ that you know we see the consequences of the sin because when Jesus when God came in and he said you know Adam where are you and he's like you I know this is not in this in the part but you walked away so I can say it now (laughs) but he said basically like you know the woman you gave me I know I know but regardless what I'm trying to say is is that um, Adam had a very specific thing that he was supposed to do and guide. And even if his wife would have eaten, if he would have chosen not to follow suit, then it would have stopped the, the, um, the consequences. Right. And so I think what, if I'm hearing you correctly, what I think what you're saying is, is that um, for a man who's operating under the headship of the Lord, like, there's certain things that you have to stick to what God has said, yeah, you know, man. even when even your wife might try to say, well, now this is the way we should go. And it's like, you know, when you're out, when you're aligned with the will of God, being able to stand firm as like the leader of our family. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that sounds good. I like that because <laughs> <laughs> I know I know it's going to come off real misogynistic. Yeah, no, I think I understand. I I can tell you this. I mean, as a woman of God, like, you know, it's it doesn't come off misogynistic. Women of God 
who are actively pursuing a walk in the spirit, um, we want our husbands to lead well. Mm-hmm. Like that, we're not rooting against you guys. Yep. Like we want you to lead well, and you know that's. I think that's part of the design of the family. Yeah, and when you're really like when we're 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 in a good groove, where, uh oh, YouTube went down. Oh well, this is recording, so that's okay. Um, but anyways. When we're in a when we're in a groove, like where things are going well, like you don't have you you don't worry about like other things popping up because you're like, Oh, my husband's got it. Like like you made me go buy you a car like when you need a car. Like I'm not gonna get no that's that's your role. Like you go <laughs> <laughs> you go do it. And even when like you dropped your phone in the bucket and you're like, No, go get me just go get me a phone. Yeah. Like you're like you're like, I trust you, like you're gonna do it. And so like being a being a good husband brings about the the um, what do you call it the I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say the I'm ability distracted. to yeah, like, for me to trust yeah like you'll be you're gonna be good if I'm taking if I'm taking care of everything physically emotionally spiritually like you're like I'm good but then there are times where it's like bro you're lacking <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah. what happened to YouTube I don't know. I ain't worried about it. Okay. We'll, I'll post I'll post the whole thing on YouTube later. So, all right. Uh, third question. According to this passage, what am I doing well? What do I need to change? Hmm. Oops. Let myself go away. I mean, um, maybe just going back to what we were talking about, like we know that sin creates disharmony Mm -hmm. so as believers in christ like we should be seeking out harmony and harmony in our marriage that my that my sinful inclination to desire you and like that's important to understand that it's not saying like desire you sexually or it's an issue of power like my sinful inclination to desire to be to rule over you um, that I should be submitting that to the Lord, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And not that you would rule with an iron whip, iron whip or anything. Like, I think the thing iron is, fist? uh, oh, is that what it is? Iron fist. iron fist. I don't know. I'm like, it's an iron something, but I think that's where Christians, like we can get this whole man, woman thing a little bit confused. Like yeah. it's really about, mutually submitting to one another as Ephesians five says, but at the same time, like you have a role and I have a role and where we're both grooving in it, it works well. Mm-hmm. But when we're leaning into our sin nature, there's disharmony. Yeah. When I was in, when I was in Dallas and well, when we were in Dallas, <laughs> uh, I dubbed myself the male engagement specialist because there was lots of, Issue. So okay, what context? Context. <laughs> I worked for a domestic violence agency. Okay, where we worked about prevention, and so you know, you you engage a lot of women through domestic violence, and there a lot of women are are for it and stuff. Not for they're against it, mm-hmm. and they want to see it stop. And so you know, it it started off as like a joke, then it just became like its its own thing. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people I would I would talk to, more specifically men. Who would say, like, I want a woman to submit to me, but yet they, like, I would say probably nine times out of ten, it wasn't in the context of a marriage. 
it was in the context of dating or a baby daddy to a baby mom and stuff like that. And so you're not going to get that like submission if you're not willing to enter into that covenantal agreement. Mm-hmm. And so you're, it's this thing that you're expecting, but it's like, they don't have to listen to you because yeah. who, who you ain't, you ain't no different from Joe Schmo down the street. Yeah. And so by, by entering into that marriage, you're, you're taking in on this, this promise that like, I'm going to love you and care for you and, 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 and make sure that you got everything, mm-hmm. you know, and that stuff. Yeah. Biblical submission when it's been being done right should put a wife at ease not in tension mm-hmm. not what i mean not in tension because it sounds like i'm saying intention but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yeah like it should put i should be able to be like oh you got it oh okay you got it you know yeah. and like i think that's where we get this whole idea like submission being like this thing that it's like where it's your word or nothing it's mm-hmm. your way or nothing but a man who is submitted unto the lord is going to listen to his wife because god gave me gave you me for a reason you know mm-hmm. so that i could help yeah and on the on the another note like how does this i don't know if this necessarily translates to um singleness but i i envision that it's sort of like that submission goes to to god as as you live out as you live out your like as you live out a life as a single person like all right like i'm submitting to you until i find my husband wife whoever it might be yeah but and i think like in terms of like you always god is always first you, yeah but we're we're, we're trusting that you are also following God, you know? So it's like, if I'm submitting to God and my husband's submitting to God, then, and I'm asking God to show my husband as the head of our household, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's, it's not simple. I mean, it, it well, takes, pretty- it takes work and it takes trust and forgiveness. And sometimes we're doing good, you and I, in our roles. And sometimes we're, lopsided in our roles and it takes the ability to say hey let's get this back on track you know because yeah. i don't want to present it like it's a simple thing because it's like no i mean it, it takes intentionality it does yeah and so and to answer the question for me personally of like what am i uh either doing well or need to change i think that's the the checking in piece and so being able to check in with you and maybe we can do that later tonight and just say like like how are you doing like how's like I did it earlier this week I was like how's your battery in terms of that like that was a question I just wanted to ask you to see how you're doing mm-hmm. and then let you know how I'm doing so then like if I'm like at an eighty you're at a twenty like okay well then I'll pick up the slack here or if, or if I'm at a twenty and you're at a twenty we're both in trouble <laughs> <laughs> that, but yeah. Um, but yeah but but checking in, and so we did that with we did that with the kids this week, um, which I thought was a really good conversation. And mm-hmm. so we we asked our kids. It was a it was a bit of a long week. It was a it was a hectic week, a little a little stressful. But we asked them like, how are they? How are you guys doing? And we gave them that room to be honest. And we're like, like, look, I'm not. We ain't gonna get mad. You ain't gonna be in trouble. 
let us know how are we how are we doing is it a is it a red light is it a yellow light is it a green light you know mm-hmm. and so having those having those moments and having those um i think those moments often does does good things to build your your relationship and so similarly and this is just a little caveat i was thinking about it it's it, the idea behind um conviction and condemnation so conviction of the holy spirit what i think it does is that it it builds relationships together mm-hmm. and then condemnation it it destroys and tears apart so what we see in genesis 3 like they were they were condemned they they felt they weren't condemned by god in that sense but they were they were condemned in the sense of um that they didn't they didn't listen and so they they hid um and things like that and so but the but a conviction would have brought them to closer to to rebuild that relationship and so when you have this conviction like that's how that's how you can tell the difference between whether you're being convicted or whether being condemned is, is are you are you drawing back towards relationships or are you drawing away from relationships that's a good way to put it yeah i do want to say something that i mean it's on a different note and not as serious as what we've been talking about no, go ahead. what's up Oh, and this is kind of a question. So the um, one where it says on verse 15, it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed. And so, you know, this is God talking to the serpent who is Satan. And um, one time I like I like reptiles. I like snakes. And (laughs) I posted a picture of me of a snake. Um, and this lady from our church, um, and she wrote and she put this scripture on here (laughs) that there will be enmity between you and the woman. I I felt like she was saying that, you know, I shouldn't like snakes. I don't know. And I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. And I'm like, we know now granted, okay, this is out of Genesis Mm three, but later on, in the New Testament, you know, God gave Peter a dream where every animal was in the sheet and all of it was good, you know. So it's like no animal that God made is bad. I'm just saying. So there we have context. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. I was I just was like, wait a minute. Like, should I not like snakes? <laughs> I don't like snakes just because they're they're gross. Yeah. What not? Why? They're gross. They're not slimy. People think they're slimy, but they're not. They're actually very smooth. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a snake toucher. Uh, well, anyway, that was like, I did notice that part. And like when she said it to me, I was like, oh, you shouldn't be around snakes and like snakes. And should, I was like, I don't think that's like how? Um, be like, shame <laughs> on you. Shame on you. Give her, give her scripture where, what's that scripture where a woman should be quiet? Babe, <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my! You just want to throw scripture out of context to people. I mean, yes, 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 yes. Tit yes. for tat. But that's true. It is a scripture out of context because, like, as you can see, it goes on to talk about the seed of woman was Jesus, and <laughs> and that I like you doing, know I like doing this with you, and that mm-hmm. it will bruise. Um, the seed will, you know, you'll be the seed will be bruised on the heel, which is not a death blow, 
but that the seed, which is Jesus, will, um, you know, will bruise him on the head, will smash his head. And so in the end, God wins. Yeah, and I'm whispering because it's 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 something that you learn as you go through the scriptures that many people consider this to be the very first mention of the gospel that, you know, the seed of woman will conquer um, the serpent. Cool. And that's Jesus. So God had a plan all along. Sorry, I can't. I just can't stay. I, I tried my best. You did okay. <laughs> you did okay. You did okay. Thank you. No problem. Uh, any last thoughts? Um, no. I I think um I think it sucks that the childbirth thing is included in there of a consequence. <laughs> <laughs> but um I just I see a lot of God's graciousness in this. Right. Yep. Very cool. All right. We're Matt and Kristen. We're so Cincy. Thanks for tuning in with us. If you like my shirt, if you like this hat, you can check out gratefulapparel.com and they got sales going on. If they don't got a sale going on, use code Matt Jacobs for something percent off. I think like 10% off or 5% off. You One should know two. that, babe. I probably should. I think it's 10% because 5% is boo. Yeah, I think it is 10%. But. I've been. I'm trying to do a little bit better of, of pitching stuff. Yeah, Grateful Apparel. So, so yeah, GratefulApparel.com. Go check Brand it out. Brand ambassador up in Brand, here. Uh, very, very, very fancy. Very fancy. <laughs> uh, but and in the meantime, subscribe to the channel if you like what you heard and saw. You know, like the video. We we have fun on on Saturday nights. We try to do Friday nights, but I don't know. Friday nights are just it's a long week. It just depends. Yeah. Like sometimes <laughs> sometimes we got it. Sometimes we don't. Yeah. Yeah, but we love you guys. We hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday for the next episode. We're out. Bye. Bye.